We are um, in a series right now called uh, Time for a Change, and um, we're going to be doing this for the next uh, couple weeks, and then we're on February 7th, and I'll get to some more news about February 7th in a, in a bit that's very, very exciting, but uh, February 7th, we're kicking off a new series called Climb, and uh, it's all about going on an expedition as a church, what we can do together, okay? So uh, I'm really excited about it. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a little bit uh, towards the end of this, the service. But um, when we started this uh, series, we started a couple weeks ago with this idea that God wants to have a conversation with you. That it's just that it's not that God wants you to make all the right choices. I mean, that's part of it, that God wants you to memorize the Bible and all that. And God wants to have a relationship with you, a conversation with you. And that's what we talked about that first week. Last week, we talked about what happens when we get into a situation uh, where we don't think we can change, where, where there's just, it's just such a dry time, it's such an unbelievable circumstance, and we think to ourselves, what, can I, will I ever get out of this? And some of you might be in that particular space right now. And we talked about that last week, the Valley of Dry Bones. And if you are in a space like that right now, um, I'd really encourage you to get on our website and download that particular sermon because I think God has some really specific things to say to you if that's if that's you. This morning we're going to talk about something a little different. We're going to talk about the fact and this is this is just a fact. Change is hard. <laughs> it is hard to change. And you might say things to yourself like uh, to give up on change, you might say things just like, well, that's just the way I am, all right? Have you ever met people like that? As though that's a valid excuse, you know, could you imagine that? Your, like, kid gets stabbed in the neck at school, and they're, like, you go and talk to the other kid, and he's just like, that's just the way I am. Like, you can't, that doesn't count, right? So we, we fool ourselves sometimes with that. We say things like, well, that's how I was raised, Right? Or we say things like, well, that's what I was taught or what have you. And so we we get to these places because change is hard. Some of you are in a place right now where change has been thrust upon you. Somebody dear to you has passed. Or or, or a disease has affected you in a way. And and now it's it's change is upon you. It's not your fault. You didn't ask for this. Some of you, your parents split up. Parents got divorced or whatever. You didn't ask for that. You didn't sign up for that. But change has been thrust upon you. Some of you have to downsize. The house you once could afford, you can't because the, the, the company downsized. You didn't ask for that. Change has been thrust upon you. Change is hard. It's hard. Some of you... Even the fact of when you want it to change, it's still hard. You, you, 2016 was your year of, you know, I'm going to, whatever it is, you know, lose 10 pounds or whatever. And then Monday came and you're like, well, 2017 is looking pretty good. It's like, it, it's like you know, you, you, you've, you've given up already. Why? Because change, change is hard. If you want to change your budget, change the way you spend money, change the way you save money, all that kind of stuff, maybe get out of debt and you have to change, it's just, it's just hard to do it. Even, in the, even when you want to. Even when you want to be smarter and thinner and richer. (laughs) Change is hard. It's hard when you have changed. Maybe you've changed, but the people around you have not changed. And so maybe in high school you had some buddies and it was like, bros forever, brah. Okay, because that's how guys in high school talk. Uh, Anyway, 
and, and so, you know, that was it. And it was partying. It was, it was playing pranks on each other and all this kind of stuff. And then you got a job. <laughs> and you start to realize, well, I, I have like responsibilities. Or maybe you went off to college or you just enrolled in school. Or uh, maybe you got married or gotten to a, you know, you, you started realizing, man, I, I got to grow up. And they're just like, Vegas, baby. And you're like, I just want to take a nap. <laughs> like you're growing, you're progressing, you're changing, and then all the people around you are. That's hard to do. You might lose some relationships. Change is hard, okay? Here's the problem, though. <laughs> to follow Jesus means constant change. To be a follower of Christ or to grow in your relationship with God means constant change. And here's why. Because God loves you, and, and the Bible has this fancy word, God wants to sanctify you, or transform you, or shape you, or have you be, really, it comes down to this, God wants you to become as much like Jesus as you possibly can. Like this week, if I could do anything, if I could make us all, you know, with some teaching or something, just a little more like Jesus for each of us. That's, that's the goal God has for you. And that's a really serious goal. And so because of that, and because we always end up, uh, 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 even as we grow, we're still not quite like Jesus. We're, we come up a little short. Because of that, God is going to constantly be pushing us and nudging us. Why? Because he loves us. And, and here's the thing. Jesus had the closest relationship you could have with his heavenly father. And that's what God wants for you and for me. And I'll, I'll, show, I'll show you why in a little bit. So, so if this is the case, if, if, if God is constantly nudging and pushing and, and trying to get you to, um, uh, to go a certain way, that means he wants you to be at a certain place. Well, what do you do when you begin to hear this God who wants to have a conversation with you? What do you do when all of a sudden you go, I think uh, he wants me to do something? And then, and then what does that journey look like? What I want to talk about this morning is a guy who had this exact thing happen to him, uh, probably in a different way than it would happen to you or I now, because this was a very special uh, circumstance, but all the principles are, are still there. And it's a, a guy named Abram. Now, first service, um, I kept calling him Moses, and I did that. I go over my sermon, you know, even during the week, and I kept doing it at home, too, like I, or in the office. And I, when I, so if I say Moses, don't yell out, it's Abram. I know. I'm just making a mistake, all right? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stupid, but I'm not dumb. Okay, um, so uh, we're in the story of Abram. It's in uh, Genesis chapter 12. And let me just give you a little bit of history of what's going on. God creates uh, the universe, and then he creates man, and I don't know the specifics on how long that took, but I'll just tell you that that's what happened. And then man sinned, and that brought separation between man and God, okay? So you can figure out the time frame of how all that worked. I just go into the facts. God creates, man sins, there's brokenness. God doesn't want brokenness. He wants to have a relationship with us. And so God has this design of creating a people who they would be God's people, and he would be their God. And, and, and this isn't like you and I think about a people group, like a culture, or like a certain type of person or whatever. Because what God w wanted to happen, the plan was that they would follow his decrees, 
and trust him so much that they would just prosper and all the nations around them would go, I want that. It's really no different than what he wants for the church. He wants to so impact your life and have your life change so much to where there's no anxiety, no fear, no, no thinking about, oh, no, what's this? Oh, this just happened. Oh. He wants to take all that away so that people go, wow, and that they would be drawn to our Heavenly Father. And so, so he wants to create this, this place, this, uh, th- this nation, if you will, that has no king, just God. It's a theocracy, and they just, they just follow God's cre- decrees. God prospers them, they flourish, and then people take notice. And so this is the calling of the guy who's supposed to start all this, Abram. Um, The Lord said to Abram, go from your country. Now, we think of country as like we're going to go from here to Canada or here to Mexico or whatever. This Hebrew word means just land, your surroundings. And so the reason we stop here is because I want you to understand that sometimes God's call on your life will push you out of your surroundings, the places that are comfortable. And so he says, go, uh, go from your country. Your people. The people you're, 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 the people you're connected to. The people, if you said, hey, I need to move, those people you'd call. Or the, the, the places you know where all the Starbucks are. You know where all the, you know. It's like, it's like God might be calling you to, to move away from some relationships or what have you. From your, your people. The, place, the people, the, how you might rely on uh, those. And your father's household. That God might be pushing you out of your comfort zone, might be pushing you out of the status quo, the way things have always been, the how you were raised type thing. That, that, that God calls Abram to uh, do all this. Now, here's the kicker about this call of Abraham, or Abram, that uh, they later changed his name to Abraham. And God might call you to change your name, too. I have no idea. But anyway, um, here's the thing. And this is so key. I want you to make sure you get this. Oftentimes, when God is calling you to do something, don't you want to know what the end result is going to be? <laughs> I do. I mean, maybe it's just me, but when God is calling me to do something, and, uh, uh, um, and I, or, like, or the church to do something, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, just write out a list of details, and I'll approve it, <laughs> you know? Almost always, God is calling you to do something and you have no idea how it's going to end. This is what he says to, Mo, to Abram. He says, well, their call stories are very similar. Okay. Uh, he says, I want you to leave your country, your people, and your household. Okay, where, where should I go? To the land I will show you. Um, that's kind of vague. <laughs> to the land, like... How, like, is it north? <laughs> Maybe a general direction? I mean, I mean, you know, what is it? And, and so he, this, is, this is the thing about us being challenged and why change is so difficult. Sometimes God is asking you to change and you don't even have all the facts. Some of you are here this morning. Maybe you've rejected church for a while. Maybe you've rejected God for a while. Maybe you don't understand the, the Bible that much. But there's something stirring in you that says, okay, I don't know about all this, but I, I, I just, I gotta, I gotta make a step to change. I don't know where it's all gonna end, but I gotta take a step to change. That was the Spirit of God working in your heart. You have a call story similar to Abram. I'm gonna call you away from what you're 
comfortable in, what you, where you are, and I'm going to take you to a place that I'll show you. It almost sounds like God's more happy about the journey than he is the destination. Here's what he says. He promises Abram, and I, I want you to get the heart of God in this, which is why I split up this verse. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Well, if that's the calling, sign me up. You know, if I get to be a great nation, and my name great, and all this kind of stuff, that, that would be awesome. Uh, I don't care where the land is, okay? But watch the very next sentence, and you will be a blessing. See, see sometimes with change, it's not just enough that God wants us to change, become more like Jesus. It's that in our transformation, in our sanctification, again, to use that, that word, the end result is going to bless those around us because we'll be more like Jesus. And guess what Jesus did? He blessed those around him. There's, there's more um, of a sense of God's presence. So let, let, me, let me put it to you this way, just so you know. What... Would the people around you, how would they be impacted if you had more peace in your life? How would, how would that resonate in your work or at school or in your family? What if um, you had more love or more joy or more patience, more kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Imagine if that's who you were becoming. So not only... Is your life getting better, but those around you? So you, you're, you're kind of blessed to be a blessing, that whole thing. He goes on again. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. That would be awesome, by the way, if you had that in your back pocket. Like, go ahead and say something to me. Just watch what happens. You know, it's like, that would be, that would be, really, that would really be nice. I, I wish that was part of my call story. But anyway, um, whoever curses you, but watch, watch, watch. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That is the exact same call story God has for us. But the problem is, change is hard. It's hard to get unstuck. It's hard to give stuff up. I mean, isn't it true? Like, if I was telling you right now, everybody here, God is demanding that you lose 10 pounds. The very first thing you would think of is, what do I have to give up? (laughs) Like, that's the thing stopping you. It's like, what do I have to give up? For some of you, there's an, an addiction or at least a strong security to uh, something, and you're thinking you want to be free from it, but the scary thing is that means I have to give that up. Change is very, very hard. So what happens next is amazing to me. In light of all that, that change is hard. In light of, we'll see this family has already moved once, and, and uh, is, is this. So Abram went I don't, you know, I don't know how you do that when you don't know it's to a land I'll show you. You just kind of like step out of your house or whatever and you're like, okay. You know, you just kind of look around and wait for some warm feeling and oh, that, it's this way. You know, I don't, I don't know how that looked for Abram. I know how it look, looks in my life. Is that sometimes God will ask me to give something up or take something on and I don't know how it's going to end up. I don't know if we increase our giving, how are we going to make ends meet if we go. And so I just do it. And then God begins to direct for those next steps. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. He was just a pup uh, when he set out from, from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all all the possessions they had accumulated. 
and the people they had uh, acquired in Haran, uh, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they made it. They arrived there. Let me just give you an idea just what they did so you can see in kind of the modern day. Um, so they used to live in this place called Ur, which would be just a fantastic place to live. Where do you live, Ur? Like, you don't know where you live? Like, Ur. Uh, like, anyway. So that was that. And then, um, and then they go to uh, Haran, which is in modern-day Turkey. So it, Abram's dad moved everybody to Turkey. So he's already gone through this big uproot, uh, 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 uprooting, okay? And then uh, the call is from Haran down to Shechem. So th- this particular ro- uh, map, they w- probably went up the Euphrates there on Ur, and now they settled in, in Haran, and uh, the... the Trip back down was, would have been something, something like that, about five, 500. Well, that, the one up from Ur is like 700 miles, and the one down is like 500 miles. Now, listen, you and I think 500 miles, what's the big deal? You just take the five, you know? Like it's, you know, but, but you, this, this, is, this is, and you're, they're on camels, okay? So they take all their possessions. They have everybody, kids. The mother-in-law, you know, she's on the back of the camel telling you, slow down, or whatever it is. You got all this stuff, and they're just kind of like going. And this is, this is one thing I just want us to understand. Sometimes change just takes a long time, and it's difficult, and, and you want to turn around. Or you want to stop and camp and go, you know what, uh, this was a dumb idea. That might be where you are right now. You're in the process and you've gotten to a spot and you're just like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. It's not a land flowing with milk and honey right now. We're in the middle of Syria, okay? So, like, like that's where you might be in that. Well, here's what happens. They make it to Shechem down there and check out what happens. The Lord appeared to Abram said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Uh, the writer here wants us to see, make sure we understand that he appeared to him. You know, he mentions it twice in the same practically sentence. But um, This happens also in change. When you begin to submit your life to Christ fully, you will meet God in places and in ways you could have never have met him if you hadn't started the change in the first place. God appeared to Abram. Not in Haran. He spoke to him, but he appeared to him here. Something happened that was special here, and then Abram built an altar. And some of you have those stories. You have those altar moments in your life. One of the altars I built uh, in my life is um, in my computer bag, which I carry with me almost everywhere I go. Um, there's a little bracelet. It's a little um, thing you'd get from a hospital. Well, that's because that's where I got it from. Uh, it, it was when our, my son went in for brain surgery. And, uh, and when the, I mean, I just remember just, I'd uh, tug on it and I'd just be like, oh, oh man. And when, when the surgery was a success and we got him back home and we realized that um, he, he, we didn't know if the seizures would stop, but at least we, we knew he recognized us, which was like, I, I just wanted to hear my name. That's all I wanted to hear. Uh, and, and, and Lisa's as well. Just, just to know, okay, you know, he's not, he, he remembers us, you know. And then they were worried about some speech things or whatever. So that, that 
that thing, it's in my bag. And I, I just put it in there and sometimes I'll be rummaging through stuff and I'll see it and I'll be like, God is so good. Thank you, Lord, for you. That, that's, a, that's a moment, you know, that's a, for me. That's a place where God meets me qu- quite often. But then this happens. From there, he went towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, meaning they kind of settled there. With Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, he built, uh, he built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. See, in this particular case, God didn't come visit him. He built an altar and he's like kind of calling to God. This happens in our journey of change too. It's like we want God to respond the same way every time. If I do that, you'll make me feel good. If I do that, you'll bless me with some riches. If I do that, you'll go. And sometimes God says, no, I want you to keep on this journey. I'm not going to check in with you every time. And so, so, so this is where you begin to see the wheels start to fall off for Abraham, Abram as, as this, this calling un- unfolds. So he built an altar to the Lord and he called upon the name of the Lord, but we don't know if God showed up or anything happened. Very next verse. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Now, let me just show you real quickly on the map what, what's happening here on this one. He starts out in Shechem. That's where God appears to him and he sets up an altar. He goes to Bethel. That's where he calls upon the name of the Lord. We don't know what happened after that, uh, but he built an altar first. And now he's going down here. Now, the reason Negev is in all caps is because it's really like a region. So it would be like, um, it says, you know, he started out in L.A., uh, he he made it to Garden Grove, and then he went to South Orange County. I mean, that's that's kind of the the Negev. that's That's what that is. And then things aren't that great. A famine is in Negev. And so rather than going back up to where he had met God, he begins to panic and tries to figure it out and begins to go south to Egypt. Now, what I didn't read, and we skipped some verses in this story, so go back and read it. You should always read your Bible. There's lots of great stuff in there. Um, is that in the land, the Canaanites were there. So it was like when, when God said, hey, you're going to occupy this land, it was already occupied. Okay, so there's, and it's just, Abram and his family. So you can kind of see why he's like, okay, well, thanks for letting me know this is the land. Let's go down to Bethel. Oh, they're still there. We'll hang out at the Negev, okay? And and so he's beginning to forget the promise of God and begin to rely on his own own wit and his own uh, thinking. Now watch. It says, there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live for a while because the famine was severe. Now listen. Here's where it goes horribly bad, and you might be in this particular spot. Abram forgets the promises that God had for Abram. Or he doesn't necessarily forget them, but they're not working out quite the way he thought. And when, you, when I was called, you were going to give me some land, and I got there, and you didn't really like, give it to me, and I, I, I don't know how this is all working, and so I'm just, I'm building altars, I'm doing the best I can, but now there's a famine, and I got to take control now. And some of you might be there right now. You might be in the spot where you have taken control back from God. You've had much change. You've gotten a really long way. You can look back and see the altars in your life. And now you're here. You're in the Negev. And you're, you're about ready to take that step. Maybe the Negev for you, that, that area for you is your singleness. And you're just like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm single and it's great and everything. But now, hey, 
let's go, a big fella, find me a big fella. You know, it's like, uh, it, it's like that's where you are. Or, or, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're in a relationship. Uh, you're married. And it just feels like it's a famine. It used to be fertile. It used to be great. It used to, uh, but now it's just like, ah, uh, and you're, you're tempted to, to go to the kind of the Egypt of divorce. You're tempted to just walk away. Or uh, maybe it's a dream that you, you had that it, it, it's just, it, it's not working out the way you want. So you want to take a shortcut. It might be a, a job or something. And you, you want to start taking shortcuts because that'll have you go up faster. Maybe you're in school and it's not going so well. And so you want to, you want to just cheat on this test or just do this or do that. Maybe your finances don't, it doesn't look like everyone else's, so you want to start charging up the credit card to make it appear as though everything's going great and things really aren't. Listen to what happens to Abram. As he was about to enter Egypt, I don't know what that looked like, if there was like a sign, like, hey, welcome to Egypt. And he's like, wait a minute, okay. Um, as he was about to enter Egypt, he's, he says, oh yeah, to his wife. I, I know what a beautiful woman you are. That's a pretty nice way to start it off. Uh, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they'll let you live. Say you're my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Now, now here's the thing. How in the world... Can Abram die in Egypt? That's impossible. Because God told him he was going to be a great nation. You can't be a great nation. Now hold on. Hang on with me. You can't be a great nation and also be dead. Okay? What was happening to Abram? He was forgetting the promise of God. He was forgetting the thing that, 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 that uh, God said to him. And he was trusting in his own, well, there was a famine, so maybe God doesn't know. I built the altar in Bethel, and I didn't really see the sparks I saw before. And now, then there was the famine, and surely he can stop a famine. And, and, and so I just, I'm just going to have to take this, take this on my own. I got my whole family. I've, I've moved everybody out of Haran, Okay. All the, even the mother-in-law, and we're down here, and, and I mean, here we are. I got to do something. You ever feel like that? Where you, it feels like you're waiting on God, maybe in a career thing or a dream or whatever, or a relationship, and you're just like, I got it. He's not going to do something. You've forgotten the promise of God, that just because God is silent doesn't mean he's absent. He's not, he'll never leave you or forsake you. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He's, he's got you. He's got you. Well, so they go into Egypt, and that's exactly what Abram does. He says, this is my sister. And so Pharaoh says, sweet, I'll take her as my wife. And that's what Pharaoh does. And so here you got Abram. He's kicking back, and uh, his wife's gone, and she's in the palace, right? Oh, it works out fine for Abram. Uh, the Pharaoh gives them all sorts of stuff, like horses and land and all this kind of stuff. So, so Abram got what he wanted. His life was spared, and he got set up really well. But his wife's gone. Didn't count on that little tidbit. And so what happens is the Pharaoh starts breaking out in all sorts of boils. I tell you, read your Bible. It's awesome. And, uh, and so he freaks out, and he goes back to 
Abram and goes, dude, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? We would everything would have been fine. And I don't know what Abram does at that thing, like, my bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he says or how he works that all out, but, but he gets uh, uh, Sarai back and, and, and off, off they go. What if, what if Abram had really sought the Lord? I'll tell you what would have happened. He would have met the Lord in a place that he never would have met him otherwise if he hadn't chosen to change. But change is very hard. Let me show you something that's kind of encouraging. Um, uh, this verse is just about uh, what he got for um, because of Sarah. He got the sheep and cattle, female donkeys. I love this. I, uh, this is why I put that in. And camels. Like, so what? Oh, well. Anyway, check out Galatians 3.7. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Abraham's honored in Hebrews 11 in this, uh, we call it the hall of faith or the chapter of faith or whatever. But Abram didn't really have that much faith. He, his wife, he lied. Here's another thing. That's chapter 12. In chapter 20, Abram does the exact same thing again and, and, and says it's, it's, his, it's his sister. So this person that we we our children of that that is in the hall of faith looks a lot like who you and i that is so encouraging to me that god stays with us during this journey he doesn't bless everything we do or whatever but he stays with us during this journey now listen some of you guys and myself included we just get into spots where to make the change just seems so hard and that is why we've been talking about um at the end of January, beginning of February, starting this together, this rooted as, uh, together as a church. We want to have as many people in the whole church do it together. And this is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you, as change always does, change is hard. It's going to cost you probably a night a week, wherever your small group meets for a couple hours. And you're like, oh man, I can't, I can't do that. But then stay where you are. It costs $15 to buy it, but we have uh, scholarships as well. So if you can't pay for that, that's, that's fine. But it's going to cost you time in the morning or in the evening as you spend time with God. And there, you, we, there's five things a week where you spend time with your Heavenly Father. And you say, well, I can't do that. that now you've got a problem <laughs> if you can't spend time with God. But I, I won't judge you. But, um, and, and then there's some different things that we do as well. We, we spend a time in prayer here in the sanctuary or during the week and, and those other things. Things to stretch us, to grow us. Because here's the thing. You cannot have an experience with God that's any different if we don't do something different. And change is, is, is hard. But at the end, we become more and more like Jesus. As Brooke comes back up, she's going to um, play a song for us. And um, uh, we're going to take a little bit of time um the things that we do during this time one is we fill out that connection card and so um again if you're new we'd love to have your information we'd love to connect with you we won't bug you i probably will send you a note but it uh and it won't have any money in it but um but but fill that out also if this is a sunday that you give we thank you for that and uh we feel strongly that everybody should be sacrificing something for god when it comes to their finances. Um, and so if, that, if you don't do that online, if you prepare your offering, then we would do it at this time. And then at the end of the service, everything goes in that 
box in the back. And then um, when she's done, um, I'll come back up. I have one last announcement, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give a blessing. Uh, oh, one last thing, sorry. If you've already put on the back of your card, rooted, because this is what we'll ask you to do. If you're ready to say, yep, you know what, I want to join you guys. Um, then on the back of your card, it'll say, my next step, my next step is right rooted. If you've already done that, I have it. We're tracking it. We'll get in contact with you. If you haven't, then just right rooted. I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the change. So let me pray. Lord God, we thank you that uh, you don't want us to be the same people uh, a year from now that we are now. You want us to be more like Jesus. And that not only blesses us, but it blesses those around us. And so, God, I just pray during this time as we listen to music, fill out our connection cards, prepare our offering, all those things, um, that we would hear from you in those areas that need to, we need to maybe leave behind or may, we need to um, start working towards. In Jesus' name, amen.